Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the 50 Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K, a podcast designed to empower, enlighten, and entertain with perspectives that most women are thinking, but not always saying. This is 50 Shades of K. Here on the podcast... We talk a lot about fun, uplifting topics. It was just Valentine's Day, so we talked about some of the sexy stuff. But as we know in life, there are many shades, hence the name Fifty Shades of K. What about when life throws you a curveball and you find yourself going through a divorce? Hey, I've been there too. Where should you start? Today's guest is a certified divorce financial analyst right here in Wisconsin, and she has helped thousands of women to be financially empowered through the divorce process. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Rhonda Nordyke. Thank you for being here, Rhonda. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. I also want to mention that Rhonda has a podcast called Divorce Conversations for Women. That might be a great resource for you if you find yourself in this position. Rhonda, divorce is overwhelming. Let's talk about someone that has just found out that now they're going to be going through a divorce. Where should they start? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I know it's very easy to feel overwhelmed at that point, but I also have seen where women are so amazing when they go into what I call private investigator stealth mode. (laughs) (laughs) Where, oh my gosh, the stuff they can find. I mean, women are just so amazingly resourceful and You know, if they allow themselves to really, you know, find documents or think about, you know, um, where those documents might be or, you know, finding the right team. So the document piece is probably the top of the list. You know, start gathering financial information or documents, whether it's tax returns, whether it's, um, you know, mortgage statements, files, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, And I always tell women it's important to know that, you know, you don't have to make sense of it all. Just gather um, and one thing about that, sometimes people will say, hey, how do I find tax returns? Like, I don't really want to go to my CPA, um, you know, or I don't even know if we have a CPA. My husband's done the taxes. Um, you can actually call the IRS and ask for a tax transcript. And apparently, I just learned about that recently. I was like, oh, is that fascinating? Yeah. So they can just go directly to the IRS and ask for a transcript. You know, it's just it's setting up a private email address. I mean, I know that sounds so basic, but, like, there's been times where women are like, well, don't send me an email. I'm like, how about we set up a separate one, Yeah. you know, so that you can start gathering information without having to worry about somebody else seeing the email. 
Yeah, it's time to start being independent because you're yeah. going to be separated. These things aren't going to be joint anymore, so you might as well start that process. Yeah. What about finances? Because I remember when I was going through my divorce, I had so many of my friends that had been through divorce that are like, open your own bank account, separate your money. And ours was a joint filing, so it wasn't like anybody was scorned or angry or anything like that. And I didn't really know what to do with that money like should i should someone start having their checks be put into their own account Roland and Rhonda that question was what do you suggest to someone that is feeling overwhelmed because they don't know what to do at the start of a divorce when it comes to their finances yeah you know what absolutely and you know i think the first thing that people can do is start gathering information you know, it's a simple way, whether they want to say, hey, I'm, you know, gathering stuff for taxes, great. I'm organizing the office, great. Like, whatever you need to tell yourself to just get the, <laughs> get the information, start gathering it, you know. Um, watching the mail, um, setting up a private email address, you know, there's just a few things that, that women can do that can help them move in that direction as far as preparation without officially feeling like they have to file. And do they need to set up separate bank accounts at this point? You know, a lot of times um, the the thought process is status quo, um, unless there are some concerns for, you know, them taking, their spouse taking all the money out or things like that. I mean, you know, I think it's a matter of consulting the attorney to figure out, you know, what makes the most sense. But I have seen where people will say, well, that account has, you know, $8,000 in it, take out four, keep four in there, you know, and so you're essentially splitting, you know, splitting that account. But I think it's really important, you know, for people to just consult with their attorney. And, you know, once they've officially started the divorce process, you know, the the goal is to not make any major financial decisions, whether it's opening up a credit card or, you know, purchasing a home or purchasing a vehicle. Like the thought is you're kind of um, in a little bit of a holding pattern until you get through the divorce process. Yeah, because the more that you add to it, the more difficult and complex the divorce could be. And you mentioned attorneys. What about if there's someone that doesn't want an attorney or one person does and the other person doesn't? I feel like I get that question almost every day, Elizabeth. <laughs> well, we, in my personal experience, when we started our divorce, like I had mentioned, it was a joint filing. We had someone close to both of us that was a divorce paralegal and helped with a lot of the paperwork, and we did not have a lawyer. We had a mediator, and yeah. it was all supposed to be done in four months. Well, then as more things with money started to get figured out, things started to get just a little fuzzy about who was getting what. And yep. he was the first person that said, I'm getting a lawyer. So I, in turn, got one, not knowing what I should or shouldn't do. But I recognized that I was too emotionally involved in this. Yeah. And I needed someone who wasn't emotionally involved. And it right. was worth every penny. But that was just my experience. Yeah. You know, I I think what's interesting about that conversation is people go into it wanting to believe that their divorce is going to be amicable. And I feel like that word has gotten a lot of press um, over the last couple of years. Well, we want to have, you know, he said it's going to be amicable. We can do it without attorneys. And I would say there's a few things that I look for um, in regard to that. One is, you know, is it a long-term marriage, right? If it's a longer-term marriage, there's probably, you know, there may be some more assets. There may be, you know, conversations around alimony or maintenance or support 
um, there may be minor kids, might not be. Um, you know, so that's certainly one thing to be thinking about. Um, the other component is, you know, do they have minor kids? Do they have property, you know, in other states? And, yeah. and the other piece of it is, quite frankly, what's the personality of the other person? Because even if there isn't a whole, well, there's not a lot to fight about. Okay, well, have you started, you know, the process? No. Okay, well, have you, you know, challenged any of the things that they want? No. Okay, well, of course it's amicable then. <laughs> yeah, and you're you're right. You're right, and I... I just think about other people I know that have been through it. Going through and separating things is hard. It yeah. is very hard. And that's where the lawyers were helpful because they just looked at value. They didn't look at emotion. Right. And they looked at what was my income compared to his income and yep. all of those things to try to look at legally what was fair. But what about someone that maybe doesn't have the money to get a divorce? For example, a stay-at-home mom. Right. Another friend of mine who is in Illinois, and Illinois divorce is different than Wisconsin divorce, she stayed at home with the four kids. He was a lawyer and partner of the firm, and then when their kids were much older, I think the youngest was maybe a junior in high school, so she was almost done being a stay-at-home mom, he wanted a divorce. Well, she hadn't been making income. Right. During their marriage, because she was home with the kids while he was moving up in the ranks and then becoming partner at the firm. Yeah, you know, I always tell people the first thing is, you know, divorce isn't free, right? And, you know, it is not. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is not. And in a situation like that, where, you know, I see a lot of times where women are in situations where on paper, you know, there's stuff to work with. You know, maybe they own a home or have some retirement accounts or whatever, but they don't necessarily have access to the money. So I think there's two different things related to this. The first one is, do they have access to the money? And secondly, do they have money? Okay. Because if they have access to the money, there's some suggestions around how to get, you know, the representation they need. Some states will require... Um, the earn, the income earning spouse to pay for the legal fees. Not every state. Wisconsin typically doesn't, but there are some states that will do that. Um, we've been working on some funding options to actually help women fund their divorces. Oh, wow! Which is super cool. Um, so there's you know there's certainly some options. I mean, sometimes if people have retirement assets, they'll take you know a loan out of their four hundred one k just so that they've got some cash to be able to start the process and hire an attorney. Um, hire, you know, Women's Financial Wellness Center to be part of their team to help them. You know, so that's one thing. If the money's there, you know, there are some ways to do that. If there aren't funds available, you know, that's where it becomes tricky, right? They both are unemployed or, you know, they, whatever their situation is, you know, I always say it's hard to get, you know, people, sometimes even the attorneys that you're paying to do a good job, let alone the ones that you're, that you aren't, but certain states will have, you know, like legal action um, where there are some attorneys that will do, you know, pro se or um, pro bono work, not pro se, but pro bono work mm-hmm. where they would, you know, basically, you know, volunteer to help them. But, you know, it's they're not getting the full scope of services. You know, they're getting kind of the minimum. Yeah, if they're doing it that way. What should someone look for when choosing a divorce lawyer? Because when you Google it, oh, my gosh. You get thousands, thousands of entries, and and maybe this is something that you want to keep private and you don't want to reach out to a family member or friend for any advice on this. What should they look for? Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, I'll preface this by saying, you know, we part of our services at Women's Financial Wellness Center is to find, vet, and work with attorneys on behalf of our clients. And, you know, it's hard to find good ones. I mean, there are definitely some good ones, uh, but there's a couple key things that I always am looking for. Um, and, and particularly, like, for example, in the, in the Milwaukee area, I've interviewed 120 attorneys, and we work with seven. Ooh. And each city, as we continue to grow the business and expand in other cities and states, Washington and Florida and Texas and Arizona and New York, we're hopping on the phone and actually doing interviews with attorneys. And there's some things I'm looking for. Um, one is their communication. You know, is the, is the receptionist at the front desk grumpy? I mean, as little as, as maybe that doesn't seem like a big deal, it no, is, No, it right? is a big deal. It's the <laughs> it first is. impression you have of this totally. place. I wish more people would pay attention to yeah. that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, are they helpful? Are they kind? Um, are the attorneys responsive to our inquiry to set up a, a time to meet with them? Are they taking on new clients? Um, what's their philosophy on um, billing practices? Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that they've faced in working with clients? And then, you know, some philosophical questions, too, around, <clears throat> you know, are they looking to just get the divorce over? Do they really believe that there needs to be transparency on coming forth with all the information? Um, you know, there's a lot of those kinds of things that, that we're looking at. And then once we start working with the attorneys, then it's, you know, then we get to really see behind the curtain, right? So you take a little bit of a risk up front to say, gosh, I'm getting a good vibe about this attorney. And the things that I'm looking for aren't necessarily like, oh, well, they've been the super lawyer for the 25th year in a row. If they can't return an email or a phone call within a timely fashion they're and they're gone. rude to the clients, like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. And as we've said repeatedly, this is a very personal and emotional transaction that also is going to set this person up for the next five, 10 plus years, even beyond that. So it's important to get it right the first time. What if someone is thinking about firing their lawyer and getting another one? Mm, How do you feel about that? Well, so here's the thing. I always coach my clients to say, okay, can we go back and have an assertive conversation with them, right? Well, I feel like I have that. Okay, well, tell me what you said to them. I'm like, okay, well, how about we say this? You know, you said, um, I'm feeling like, you know, I'm just one of many clients, right? Like, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed Mm -hmm. because I reach out to you and you don't respond back to me. And in your agreement, it says that you have a turnaround time of 24 hours from, you know, for emails. Um, You know, can we agree that that will be you know, the practice moving forward. And a lot of times they'll say, oh, yes, yes, you know, or whatever. And then if it doesn't happen, right, it's like how many times are you going to have the I feel blank when blank conversation, right? I feel (laughs) overwhelmed. I feel frustrated. I feel, you know. But something for people to think about if they're in this right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I always say, you know, rather than just saying, you know, forget it, I'm done. Okay, go back and have the assertive conversation. If you have several of those conversations and nothing changes and you aren't feeling like you're being listened to or heard, then maybe it is time to look at some other options. So, I mean, I really like to give it a really good effort um, and have the clients give it a really good effort. And then if they're still feeling like it's not working, then we can... Uh, interview other attorneys. Now, the interesting thing about that is, I think a lot of times people think, oh my gosh, you know, 
um, it's going to be this big deal, and my attorney's going to be, you know, so upset that they lost me as a client, and I don't know what to say to them. No, normally what happens is you let them know that you're parting ways. They forward the, you know, they communicate with the court system, forward any of the documentation to the new attorney, send you a final bill, and they move on. Like, Which is true because they're divorce yeah. lawyers, so they right. are not going to be too emotionally invested in what's going on. This is business for them. They care about their clients. I mean, the good ones do. Yeah. But yeah. yes, they probably deal with this before. You're not the first or the last. Right. It sounds like what you're saying is give them the benefit of the doubt, have some communication, but if your gut's telling you this isn't right, then it's not a good fit and it's time yeah. to move on. You are so full of information. I love that you have the podcast Divorce Conversations for Women. I want to mention again for any women that are looking for some guidance, but what is the biggest challenge for women going through divorce? Well, I think the biggest challenge is their confidence around the financial aspect, um, particularly as it relates to the divorce process. And, you know, a lot of times it's the dynamics that played out in the marriage, right, where they didn't ask as many questions as they wish they would have or would have been as involved in the finances as, as they wish they would have. So the, the formula for the confidence piece is really simple, but it's super powerful, and that is it's knowledge plus experience that equals the confidence. And so I always say, you know, women are smart, and it's not a matter of whether or not they can do it. It's just you know, do they have the knowledge and the experience? Because if they have the knowledge without the experience, it's just theory. If they have the experience without the knowledge, it's trial and error. And who wants to do that, right? Like we got to get no. those two working together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very true. And so, uh, yeah. Well, and, and, and about women specifically, my next thought goes to moms and children being involved and child support and custody. And this could be a whole. 30-minute podcast just about that because it's so unique and that's where emotions really do get involved. And in my divorce, there weren't any children, but my husband is divorced and there is a child. So there is child support and there is placement and all that kind of stuff. How do you advise a woman going through that? And I don't know exactly even how to ask this question because in some cases there may be women that don't trust the children with the husband, but the husband legally has a right yeah. to his kids. Yeah. How do you navigate that? You know, it's tricky, and I think, you know, thankfully the legal system does have some parameters set in place for that. I mean, the, the main part that I get involved with regarding the kids stuff is, you know, once we know what the child support numbers are going to be, you know, taking that information and plugging it into their budget. Wait, let me, and, let me stop you really quickly, though. Let's talk yeah. about that just in the off chance someone's thinking yeah. about this. Yeah. What is the formula? Because I had no idea about any of it until I got involved and married to my husband. How can people figure out what they could be getting for child support? Well, so it's based on income, right? And the number of overnights that the kids are with the parents. Now, the interesting thing about that, and this could be a separate conversation, but there can actually be more overnights than there are nights in a year. However, that ends up working, right? Interesting. Bizarre. Which is why people need help from people like you, Rhonda. (laughs) Yes, it's really kind of crazy. But honestly, there are some free calculators online that people can check out. Usually, you know, based on what state they're in, they can look up child support calculators and just kind of play around with it. But usually, you know, when we get involved, I usually have the attorneys very early on run just a down and dirty calculation for child support or maintenance. 
Um, just because, you know, a lot of times, a lot of the financial decisions are hinged around what the income's going to be. And especially if the woman hasn't been working and she's not sure what, you know, her income is going to be, until if we wait too far along in that process to get those numbers, it really puts her um, feeling stuck. So I will usually kind of really nudge the attorneys to say, hey, I know we're early in the process, but I think we've got enough information. Can you just run a down and dirty, you know, child support calculation so we can plug some of those numbers into our budget spreadsheet so we can just start playing around with some of the numbers and possibilitizing, you know, what she's going to need. Because if the child support is less than what her monthly expenses are going to be and it's a long-term marriage, then we're going to, you know, advocate for some kind of additional support. Yeah. If it's child support only and she's short, then we got to figure out where's that additional income going to come from. And the other part of it is if she's going to be, you know, renting an apartment or looking at places to live, that's been a really important um, part of the conversation because in order for her to go out and feel comfortable, like, hey, I'm looking at all these different places, I don't know which one to pick. You know, there's this, this you know, efficiency apartment in a bad neighborhood, there's a middle one, and then there's a top end one, and I don't feel like, I'm, I feel like I'm going to be stuck in a bad neighborhood in an efficiency apartment. I'm like, okay, well, how do we know that, though? Well, I don't, but I'm sure that that's where, okay, let's get the facts, right? Let's figure out what, you know, run some calculations. Let's figure out the numbers, and then let's look. And usually I can give them a range. Like, hey, here's the range of what you'd be looking at if you were going to be renting. Um, And then they can go out, and if they find the apartment in the range, guess what? They can get an apartment. Like, they don't have to hem and haw and feel like, I don't know, I can't do it, you know. And who knows? Maybe they could afford the high-end apartment, right? And maybe that's what they want, and they could afford it. So then they can be empowered to make those decisions. You know, with the housing piece, that's a little bit trickier because we need to make sure that the support payments are being what they call seasoned. It's, you have to be able to show child support or maintenance payments coming in from a court order uh, for six months in order to be able to use it toward, you know, qualifying for a mortgage. So there's some things that we do very early on to advocate for that. Um, I have a client right now who they've started the process, they've filled out all the financial disclosure paperwork and all the stuff that goes along with that, and she wants to consider, you know, purchasing a home. And I think she probably could do it based on some of the numbers, but the income that her husband is paying her isn't going to count unless the court actually has a document, a temporary order in place that shows that he's mandatory required to pay that. Got it. So... I said to her, I'm like, okay, you told me that part of your, you know, goal is to be able to purchase a house. I think we need to go back to the attorney and advocate that they get that in order. And she was like, I said that to him. And he said, well, we're not quite to that point yet. I'm like, yes, we are. (laughs) Because we need to start the the clock for that six months. Yeah, because the courts are going to be waiting for that. And that's just going to delay everything. And that is sometimes people wonder, why does divorce cost money and take time? Because of things like that. Yep. Because you have to deal with the right paperwork and it can get tied up in the courts. So, yeah, it is something that you want to get professionals to help you with so that you don't miss a day or a week when you are waiting for deadlines like that. Because six months is a while, especially when it means it's six months until you maybe feel like you can get your life going again. Right. That too. Right. Right. Why why are you so involved in doing this? Why are you passionate about this, Rhonda? Your background is in the financial industry, but why helping women through divorce? You know, it's interesting. I've done a lot of soul searching around this question because I personally have not gone through divorce. Um, But when I was in the financial industry, there were a lot of women that were coming through my doors that were just like, Rhonda, my attorney's not calling me back. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what questions to be asking. 
So long story short, I'm like, why do I feel drawn to help these women? Like, I was so passionate from it very early on in my career. And what I realized was, like most things, right, it stems back from our childhood. And, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. I saw the dynamics within that relationship. And with that, as a, as a child of somebody who's been an alcoholic, right, you understand the disappointments and the frustration and the mm-hmm. sadness and the dysfunction. And, and what I realized was I was drawn to not necessarily the financial aspect for women, while well, that's my area of expertise, but it was the emotional. Like I got where they were coming from at a really deep soul level. Sure. And that has made me very, very good at what I do. And I'm stubborn, and I want to advocate for them. <laughs> but thank you for being that way. Because for, for a lot of women, yeah. this may feel at the time to be the lowest point that they've ever reached. Yes. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that whether you wanted the divorce or not, don't ever get stuck being in a relationship with someone that doesn't want to be with you. And there eventually will be better days and it will take time and it will get easier. But thank you for being an advocate for women that are going through this really hard time, especially when there's kids involved in finances. I mean, you always hear people say, don't mess with my family, don't mess with my money. Well, divorce (laughs) deals with both. Right. It does. And even if there's not kids, there's extended family, there's history, there's memories. It's very, very, very hard. What does working with you look like? Do they call you and sit down actually with you? Do you have a team? Do you have a consultation at the start? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I do all of what we call our discovery calls. So anybody who calls to schedule a time to chat with uh, Women's Financial Wellness Center will speak with me. And so we have a, you know, a 30-minute call to get a lay of the land and figure out, you know, how we might be able to help them. Um, I do have a team of divorce financial consultants that work with our clients as well. So we're working together as a team on their behalf. Um, but, yeah, we offer an initial consult. And, you know, I always go into that saying, you know, let's find out a little bit about your situation. Let's see if and how we can help you, if we're a good fit and you're a good fit. Um, and if so, we can certainly explore that, but there's no pressure that they have to move forward. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's sometimes it's really great to be able to Google things. But at the end of the day, you know, you get to a point where you're like, can I just talk to a live person? And I think Women's Financial Wellness Center is a great place for people to start because, again, we've vetted, you know, the attorneys. We've got an amazing team of additional resources. So pretty much anything, anybody that they would need throughout the process, we have connections with. And so we really developed the model to be a one-stop shop. Like, yeah, we're focusing on the financial stuff and we're empowering empowering women to show up and ask really amazing questions so they get really amazing answers, but we're also helping manage the process. We're also pulling in the right people. Um, and there was an example that I can share really quickly. I had a client who was working, she was going to be selling her house and purchasing another house, and she was working with one of our real estate connections who's fabulous. And she wanted to kind of explore, there was a guy that went to a parent of her kid's school who was a mortgage broker. And Mm -hmm. she's like, I really would like to use him. And I'm like, well, let's meet with him. You know, and some of the things he was telling me, I really felt like were some red flags, right? And I'm like, the divorce space is so niche. Like, you really need the experts on all the little nuances or details because there can be issues if you don't. Yeah. And he had convinced her that he could do it and pre-approved her for way more than what I thought she should be pre-approved for. Long story short, she decided to work with him. Um, A day before they were supposed to close, the deal blew up. Oh, and so here she is supposed to be, you know, closing on that, on her new house, closing on her old house. It was an absolute nightmare. And we ended up 
being able to, I got on the phone at 7 o'clock on a Thursday evening with my mortgage person who I'm like, hey, here, guess what? This thing blew up and here's what we need. No problem. Get me the information tomorrow. I'll have my team review it. And so they did have to delay the closing by two weeks. And thankfully the sellers, you know, of her new home were uh, gracious enough to give her a little bit more time, but she could have lost that property. Yeah. So she would, she and her four kids would have had nowhere to go. And, um, you know, it just, it's one of those things where I think everybody wants to, oh, I've got people that work, you know, with women that are going through divorce or they can do it. Yeah, but you really need to have an expert because I was really frustrated um, when that happened. I'm like, oh my gosh, if we would have done it, you know. Well, and sadly, there's people that are going to take advantage of someone while they're in that vulnerable state that you're in oftentimes with a divorce. Yep. Uh, That's a great example to bring up. Thank you for saying that, Rhonda. This is this is just you are just full of information. Like I said, the <laughs> podcast is really beneficial for for people I'm sure that are going through this. And this time of the year, a lot of people, holidays are done, it's a new year, tax season. This is when divorce is really common. So if you're thinking about it or you're going through it right now, reach out to Rhonda. You can find her on Facebook if you look up Women's Financial Wellness Center. We'll make sure to link it up at 991themix.com or the website, which is wfwcdivorce.com. Thank you, Rhonda, for being on here today, for being an advocate for women, and for just caring enough to put this whole business together that sounds just really helpful and incredible. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity to share and help get the word out. Right? Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again soon because I really do sense there are several other episodes that we could do when it comes to women, their finances, and divorce. So will you be back on 50 Shades of K? Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Rhonda. This has been the 50 Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.